the communication gap is hard, right? The digital first is unusual. That that yep. 65-year-old technician you're talking about, it's hard for them to try to train using certain technology, et cetera. It's hard to go where the younger generations are. And that's where we can help bridge it, right? We can yes. help that information transfer. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. I'm excited to have Doug on from Interplay Learning. Now, we have an issue in the trades, and that is there's a skill gap. We have technicians that are in the field doing an amazing job, but the average age is something like 65. And when you talk about bringing new guys in and getting them trained, well, we'll just say a generation was pretty much skipped on this. So we have a whole new generation of people that need to be trained and doing that effectively and in a way that they understand and they really can pick it up has been challenging. That's why Doug at Interplay created the system they're using right now to teach people with virtual reality. It's amazing. You guys have to check this out. It is an amazing tool for facility managers, for technicians, or anyone in the trades that are wanting to learn on a hands-on environment anywhere in the world, anytime. It's just, it's incredible what they're doing. And I can't wait for you guys to learn more in this podcast. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. Welcome to FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black, and I'm excited today I have a great guest on, Doug Donovan, co-founder and CEO of Interplay Learning. Doug, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Happy to be here. I'm excited to have you guys on after learning about what you do um, and how impactful it is. There's, it's so relevant to what's going on. Now, we are a big, uh, I'm a big nerd on technology. So this is a, a huge for me, but I think training is essential for the trades and where you guys come in is really filling a gap. But for those who don't know who Interplay is, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah, so Interplay Learning is a a training company, software company that focuses on training technicians, whether electricians, plumbers, HVAC, right? The people keeping our existing buildings going. Uh, We've been focused on that really since our beginning a decade ago, but really ramped it up four years ago in 2016 when we recognize what a massive skills gap there was. I don't think we quite appreciated it when we were, when we were building early on in our um, existence, but there was such a need for accelerated training as we have this big group retiring. We have a young group coming up who's frankly yeah. undertrained. Yeah. And, 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 and the 
organizations were struggling to attract. And so, you know, that generation, you need to be digital first. You got to be rapid. You got to be on it. And so that's the gap that we're, we're trying to fill. We, we put up an on-demand online catalog for electrical, mechanical, industrial workers trying to activate the learning around these uh, technician trades. So I was really kind of hopping in on learning about interplay. And I'm excited. Now, there are, there's definitely training online. Right. But you guys are pushing the limits of what you can do with this stuff. I mean, the technical, technological limits of, of 3D sims and virtual reality. And I really want to hear from you on like what you guys are doing with that. Because I don't, I don't think people really truly understand how credible this is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the long promise of virtual reality sort of seems yeah, been hanging finally. around for a long time. And it, it <laughs> feels like it's really here now. Um, uh, both the devices are cheap enough and, and, and the friction of getting going them has dropped considerably. And the application of technical training is just ideal for what the power of virtual reality is, which is essentially we can create space. And inside that space, we can dictate that environment and what you do. And, you know, if, if you've studied uh, learning at all, or if you look at other industries like military, medical, and aviation, they've used simulations for decades, yeah. right? They've, we all know a flight simulator, right? We probably all know about surgeons learning in a virtual setting to practice their trade. Well, lives were at stake uh, and it was the best way to learn. Unfortunately, they often had to deliver it in a $3 million simulator, right? Yeah. Now we got 300, now we got $300 pair of goggles that essentially can mimic that same type of experience. And so we're really democratizing the the virtual reality side of this, which is I, it, right now, it's just a joy of my life to demonstrate to people. Although, to be fair, we haven't been doing a whole lot of demonstrating for four and a half months because of COVID. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yes. prior to that and post that, you know, putting uh, someone in a headset and having them be in uh, you know, a basement setting with a boiler or on a roof with a rooftop and having them using a tool in their hands that they feel like they're using. And when the exercise is over and they pop those goggles off their head, they look at me with this enormous smile and they kind of just say, I can't believe that just happened. And so that's a joy for me. I mean, how many times in life do you get to kind of blow someone's mind? Yeah. And, and we get to do that. So it's pretty special. I thought it was ingenious because these guys are mechanically inclined, you know, and they, and, but they're also, like you said, digital first. And so when you can combine those two together in in a learning mode, I think it's extremely effective for them. I I haven't done it with, but I can just imagine having technicians of our own and understanding how they learn. And it's really hands-on for most of them. That's right. That's exactly right. Being able to give them that in a virtual setting is amazing. To me, yeah, that's, that's really exactly incredible. right. And yeah, you can't, you serve a, uh, a trades textbook online, just a bunch of texts. You've just, you know, you've wasted your opportunity. So, you know, the, the simulations, which, you know, as you mentioned, are also available online, mm-hmm. which is critical for today yeah. because, you know, people are trapped at home. So they've been able to take time at home and make it productive time. <laughs> and the VR is still kind of the sexy Ferrari part of the story. It but is. a lot of people are fine with the, you know, the really s- solid four that they're they're doing with the online you know, the online training so being able to deliver both has been critical as well but ultimately it's all about being active for a learner if they're sitting especially this learner right if they're reading a lot if they're sitting back they want to get their hands in there and we allow them to do that 
what do you think are the main problems um, with the current state of traditional trainings with F in, in for FM? And yeah. I mean, there seems to be kind of a serious lack of online training courses and and work for this particular area. Uh, it seems a lot of other educational arenas they have a lot of stuff, but not for really trades. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's been the laggard industry for sure, and really the the reason we decided to take a a big swing at serving a broad market in a, in a fast amount of time was we just saw this huge vacuum. We saw a lot of on demand online learning for you know, let's just lazily say white collar skills, right? Knowledge yeah. work. But there's been some natural impediments to why, you know, the, 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 the trades industries haven't adopted it. Well, number one, um, they're, they're generally industry, I mean, technology laggards anyway, right? They they're just a little slower than say a high tech company teaching coders, right? A little different. Two, and probably bigger is there's the sentiment that you can't train an electrician online, right? They got to be out there in the field. And, yep, and there's some on. truth to that, right? Like we, we're, we don't say what we do replaces that time. We can say improve it. It makes it way more efficient, way more effective when you are actually in the field and you can get way more done away from the field to make condense that full, that training period. Um, even if you could use simulations like we've been doing for years, the cost of development is dramatically higher than, mm. say, building a course on how to do JavaScript, right? Because they yeah. can use PowerPoints and do it all captured on it. Now, how are we going to mimic the rooftop unit? You got to create an environment, you got to model that whole unit, et cetera. It's expensive. And what we've been able to do through the last few years is bring those costs way down. We actually have a, a purpose-built authoring engine. So we can build diagnostic training, installation training, commissioning, inspection training really rapidly and relatively inexpensively making this catalog possible. So, you know, when you've, you, you add those sort of content creation costs and just sort of this general negative tone towards can you learn a hands-on trade online, uh, those were major impediments. And you have to be able to deliver to all devices, because you know this learner, right? They're on their phone, they're on a tablet, they're on a roof, they're in a truck, they're at a distribution center picking up equipment. And so, you know, the delivery was a challenge too. So, you know, we, we think we've, we've cleared all those hurdles. And in fact, we know we have because of the, num- the numbers are showing that. Uh, talking about learning in a safe environment too. I mean, I, I was an electrician apprentice for like, that yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, I mean, I, I got bit. You got bit. Sure. Yeah. Hands-on learning is a little bit more painful for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, if you look at where this started, it started in high consequence training soldiers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, obviously planes, yeah. uh, surgeons, right? So there's a reason. Yeah. Safety. Cause it is a safe environment. And, and we've had to really deepen our safety offering. It's funny because before virtual reality, when we just served things online, we didn't get pushback on the safety as much. Hmm. Then when we went to VR, and so that was, yeah, 2017, 2018, anybody who used it in VR came to us and said, we need more safety here because we were getting so close to the real environment we couldn't cheat anymore. You better, yeah. you better get the safety, the, the safety components correct because oh, if you're practice creating behaviors because we create, it's so realistic, exactly. you, you better get the, the safety. So last year and a half, we've really gone back and layered in a lot more safety than we originally had. Yeah, because you won't get bit in a, in a virtual reality. You might actually kill yourself. But yeah, so yeah, that's, that's right. what I mean. Thank God you guys are doing that. And then 
And that's a testament to how real this virtual reality is, is when you're getting in it. It's, I mean, I've seen videos online. I'm like, it's impressive. It was really, really cool. Yeah. I wanted to see if you could maybe touch upon the demographic problems you're seeing, such as like, there's quite a few guys that are approaching retirement age, right? And we know this, the average age of a technician right now is 65. Yep. Something like that. Pretty it's close, pretty, depending pretty on close. the trade. Yeah. Uh, depending on the trade. I know for us, uh, we have a lot of senior technicians and then the young guys, you know, they were training them up, but where do, where do you guys go without like, uh, yeah, leave us? it's a, it's a challenge, right? Yeah. The yeah. baby boomers with their 70, Two million or so, forty built, you know, born between forty six and sixty four, and then I'm a Gen Xer, right? Sixty four to seventy nine, right. yeah. And there's only thirty three million of us, so we're just by math alone, we're at half. And and just you know, my, everyone I knew was told go to a four year school, go to. Yes. I mean, the eighties it was like Follow the trades were, yeah. <laughs> you don't don't you dare pursue that career, right? Go become a lawyer. And uh, nice part is the pendulum's coming back because they've recognized how rewarding these careers are, Yeah, particularly relative to say some of the gig jobs that, that are dominating the workplace. Uh, yes. But at that time, we were kind of pushed away. Yeah, that's right. So we were pushed away a little bit. So yeah, there's a big gap. And so you do have this next gen that's coming on now, but you know, they're, yeah, they're different. Right. And so you've got this, you're basically having a generation skip a generation and training this third generation. And so the communication gap is hard, right? The digital first is unusual that, that 65 year old technician you're talking about, it's hard for them to try to train using certain technology, et cetera. It's hard to go where the younger generations are and that's where we can help bridge it, right? We can help that information transfer by building these realistic sims, which are usually driven by the knowledge of those 65-year-olds, right? It's usually them, that they're the SMEs we're we're leaning on to build out the the content and curriculum. I think it's interesting now, especially, you talked about COVID a little bit earlier ago. We've been on lockdown. I mean, 2020 is almost, it's almost gone. Yeah. It's it's incredible. We're in the last, you know, last quarter here. I mean, we, the world's really been dealing with COVID since what, January, yeah. you know, and, and it's really impacted us uh, as the trades go. It's, I think I've talked to a lot of people and they're, a lot of people are still doing very well, but they're not hitting the numbers that they thought they're going to hit. And a lot of these guys are locked away and they yeah. really can't get into a training program. So something like this could be pretty much a lot more effective than anything else. That's exactly right. And we've, you know, our business was, it really started humming last November. You know, we, uh, you know, at that point you could feel the marketplace saying, geez, we got to solve this skills gap ourselves. I can't wait for a school or the government or, you know, another agency to solve it. I've got to solve it. And so those let's say a facility maintenance, uh, maintenance supervisors online saying what, what's out there. They find us off we go. Right. That was really happening in a, a pretty good way. November through February, then March hit with COVID. Anybody who was on the fence with technical training online jumped in, said yeah. I'm in, right. Makes These sense. folks are my half. My staff is at home. They're, you know, we're going to shift working, spread out working, et cetera. I want to make this downtime productive. And it really opened some eyes, right? So if, if that 65-year-old was reluctant and they got forced into it and they thought, geez, this is actually pretty darn good. And they watched the reaction of, uh, of their staffs. They, 
the reception has been fantastic. So yeah, our business is up and, you know, the hundreds of percent, it's really been flying. Wow, and again, unfortunately, it's, it is it is limited to the online stuff because the, the VR stuff is still pretty communal, right? People have them at training centers or the like, and they're passing them around. And obviously that's not happening now. So we're okay with that. We know it'll come and, you know, when the world gets back to normal, but it's been the online consumption. And yeah, we've, we've had some just really thankful. It's been nice. It's, we've been humbled by our ability to really serve the market at this time. Uh, and um, so it's been, it's been a good couple months for us, albeit, you know, there's a global pandemic going on. <laughs> Big deal. But it's nice that we can contribute to this, this uh, population of workers. I think it's important. A lot of them are, are in between jobs. And, you know, now a lot of them are going, hey, well, what's next level? What do I, what do I need to do? And so this is a great way for them to get involved and retrain. And, you know, right. the devices out there, they're available. You can get a VR headset. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, yep. and it's so they did have some, some, there was some, uh, a little bit of supply issue because of the supply lines coming from China mm-hmm. that seems to be resolved or resolving. So yeah, you can still get them. Um, uh, but it's been the, you know, it's been, people have been frozen on that stuff in the near term, but we had before this, before COVID hit, we had stood up, uh, at one union training center, 65 VR training centers, wow. uh, carrier corporation, obviously big age fact, uh, yeah, 85 of their distribution distributions now have VR setups that we power. So it was really coming on, obviously it went sideways for a while, but we're sure it's going to ramp back up. I have this movie, this cold classic movie that I love. It's Hackers. And oh, yeah. In this movie, they had the, the guy, the VR, he's like, he's fighting. Oh. And every time I see that, I'm like, I want that so bad, you know? Yeah. And, and like, if you look at what you guys are doing, it's it like someone said, it's, it looks like it's straight out of Star Wars. It's just really, yeah. really cool, you know? And, um, but I wanted to see if you guys could tell me more about how the actual training works. You have uh, this thing called Skill Mill. Yep, Skill Mill. So we've got uh, an online catalog of courses um, and, you know, really low price, frankly, uh, 300 bucks a year for a user. Oh, wow. Right? So good. this is, yeah, it's really about getting this into the, into the marketplace. Um, people are stunned. I was with a workforce development group last week and they kept asking 300 a month. Wait, 300, what? Where they just couldn't quite get over that. It was, uh, that was the price, but it's a subscription. And, yeah. and what's there is sort of an all-you-can-eat buffet. You want to do electrical work. You want to do solar work. You want to do plumbing. You want to do HVAC. You move around. Inside of each one of those domain areas are uh, competency paths. So you'll be like, okay, I want to learn more about pressure and heat or multimeter use, which is obviously critical for a lot of those trades. Um, so people will opt in and follow a competency pass, a lot of simulations. We do do some video-based learning, right, to fill in the gaps, right? Not everything sure. you're going to do in a 3D environment, so you have some 2D delivery too. But know that, you know, when we built the 2D stuff, we knew who our audience was. It was not a legacy old textbook. Everything we have is four minutes or less, you know, quick nice. hitting, dynamic. We, we, you know, we recognize that's how we're going to be able to be effective with this, this population. So, yeah, people go to interplaylearning.com and they, they buy a seat for themselves sometimes. So we get career switchers or we call them enterprising techs, yep. somebody who might be in the field now but wants to keep growing on their own on their side. But our, our biggest... Um, 
our biggest part of the market is either the the facility themselves who multi-site, right? I've got 700 techs across 700 buildings or whatever the numbers are, and they'll build it as their foundational training program. They may or may not have a learning management system. In, in places where they don't, we become that. Where they do, we link into the one they have. They might have one now for compliance training or the like, and we'll bring really robust technical training. And um, yeah, we've been very well. It's been it's been very well received in the FM market. That for makes sure. sense to me. I mean, there's big companies, uh, and we partner with some of these companies like CBRE that they have tons and tons and tons of technicians across the nation. They're huge. That's and right. So how do you roll a training program? That's universal for every single person. This is perfect. exactly. Yep, it standardizes it. It gives visibility, which is incredibly powerful, right? Because they'll the behavior at one property might be very different at the other, and it may come down to the technicians have dramatically different skill sets. Yeah. And now with a standardized system like this, you get as a service manager, you get visibility. Who knows what? Yeah. Who should I put on that job? Who's effective in this area, et cetera? That kind of visibility is is hard to get any other way. Totally and it, and it's really job relevant visible, right? The sims yeah. mimic the job. So you're you're really understanding who knows how to do the job. Yeah, on an enterprise level, that, that makes, I mean, tremendous amount of sense. And also, you know, it looks like a lot of fun to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it reminds me, there is kind of a bit of a gamification to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is, look, we, one of the things we often say is this is training that techs will actually use, mm. right? I mean, if it, if we didn't get that part right, engaging, motivate them, um, you know, forget it, right? We, there was training. It existed before interplay absolutely. learning. Yeah. People weren't using it. And, and why not? And one of the reasons was obviously it just didn't engage or excite them. And so we'll have leader, we have leaderboards. So you get points, you earn points. If, ah. if, if you care about that, sure. Yes. And uh, the feedback is, is yeah, it's, there's a lot of ways. And we use other motivation engagement tools as well. That's really smart because I think this next generation of workers, they, they love that. They love yes. the, the gamification. They, they, it helps them stay engaged and, and a lot of them are very competitive in that sense. That's right. I mean, but look, it's training. We all need a little prodding, right? Do, a little, yeah. you need a little <laughs> prodding, a little care. You know, it's like the, your gym membership, right? You still need some, <laughs> you know, it's good for you. You know, you want to train, but you get out of there. are you ready at three 30 in the afternoon? Yeah. All right. I'm uh, going to so sharpen my brain. Yeah. Right. So you, <laughs> you need that. You need a little push and we, we recognize that and try to support that. Well, with all this amazing technology and the way you guys have set it up, what kind of results are you guys seeing on? You know, because really there's FN companies and, and, and then there's the actual uh, facility maintenance workers themselves. Yeah. So yeah. what are you guys seeing in the market? So the two biggest places uh, that we're seeing return on the investment for, for enterprises is, number one is they get a career uh, laddering program going. And if you're going to really fight this skills gap, you've got to dedicate yourself to building career paths. You've got to dedicate yourself to investing into this, inviting, you know, whether it's a groundskeeper moving to a tech one or whatever it is, you've got to build mm-hmm. your own workforce. And we've given them both the platform to do it, but the content to drive people along that. So that's, we found that to be very powerful. And then the other part, we're always trying to drive down the cost of having yes. to call third party service yeah. companies. And, that's everybody's Achilles heel. And a lot of that could be reduced by better, you know, better PM, better preventative maintenance. How do you get better 
preventative maintenance, you get better training. And yes. so where we can both skill up on things like PM or in diagnostics themselves. So technicians on site can handle some of the, you know, some of the stuff that they maybe didn't do before. And, uh, you know, there's obviously uh, taking care of your clients, your, your yeah. tenants and, and, and reacting to a, a faulty AC issue quicker you know, that type of thing too. So yeah, well, that's where we're seeing most of the ROI on the enterprise level. On the tech level, um, geez, I wish I could share some of the, just it. the quotes, yeah. just the quotes we get are so great. Like, just like, thank you so much. I've never, you know, I've been doing this for a year and a half and I never really understood what I was doing there and you guys helped me get there. And so it's special to be able to, to support the techs themselves. I love doing things that are give backs and educational give backs. And, and when you can put a product together like this, that really impacts people's lives and you see it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been a mission. Everything you've been through worth doing it. Yes, exactly. I mean, as a company, we say all the time, better careers mean better lives. Simple as that. And nothing against the, you know, marketing widget company and we may use some of those marketing widgets but i love the fact that every day we get to come in and if we do our job right it means for someone on the other end getting the advancing skills advancing their career and we know that believes a better life so that, it that's does not just for them career. i mean for everyone around them their families right. you know their kids the people the people they're working for it's just it's it just goes on and on and on and on it's amazing yeah. Well, I commend right. you guys for what you're doing. I got a couple of things we'll wrap up. Uh, but uh, I wanted to ask you, because we, we're always talking about learning. I, I want to find out what you're reading. I love to, I love uh, to, love to learn about what people uh, are reading. Yeah, Obviously, you're yeah. a CEO, you're a leader in your, in your company. So yep. let's hear it. What, what do you, uh, what yeah, you the two out? on my bedstand right now are uh, a book called Conscious Business by a guy named Kaufman. I think his first name's Fred. Um, and it's uh, turned on to it by um, uh, LinkedIn's CEO. He's actually stepped down as CEO, um, Jeff uh, Wiener, who they brought Kaufman in, actually. And it's really about explaining how business is, you know, theater for our values. And um, mm. so if you like that kind of thing, it's been fascinating for me how, you know, this competition we say in, inside a business is also can be healthy, but if it's viewed yeah. in the right light, right, it's a, it's a place for self-actualization and self-transcendence and, and a theater and test your mettle on who you are. How do you behave in certain things? And so I like to return to that a lot. Um, so I don't get too carried away with the numbers in business and <laughs> remind myself about yes. that cir- circle of care. He, he uses a term called circle of care. And you think about our, my circle of care now is my company. And it's our customers, right? And so we expand that circle of care. So uh, I've had that on my bedstand for some time because it's one of those, you just go back to it. You just go back and I have some dog ears in there and I'll read sections that I really like. So that's my business one. Um, the one that I just wrapped up actually this weekend is, it was popular, I don't know, maybe a decade, five years ago called Buried in the Sky. Okay. And this is, you know, more, this is a leisure read. Yes. And uh, Buried in the Sky, and it's about the Sherpas who died on K2, one of the, uh, I think the deadliest incident on K2. And I'm not a mountain climber. I just, it's looked like a fascinating story to me. And it was, I mean, it just, what these people are willing to risk for as in their jobs, right? I mean, they're getting paid, let's call it $3,000 to go risk their lives for 
Um, and so it does a really nice job of, you know, walking through the decisions that led to some of this, you know, this tragedy and some of the dynamic between the paying customer and, and uh, this population that really re- in some ways relies on some of this income. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating story. You know, it is amazing what those climbers have to experience. The amount of mental fortitude you have to have in order to climb that mountain. I, had, I watched a guy speak and he, uh, at a conference, uh, and he was an amazing speaker. It was, it was yeah. the Restaurant Facility Maintenance Association. He was a, a mountain climber, and he had climbed uh, Everest. Everest, yeah. And, yeah. and he was just, man, I, it takes a, it's like a whole other level of commitment there. It really is, and yeah. And critical yeah. thinking, oh my gosh. You get some, I mean, uh, you know, and you said critical thinking, like your mind is kind of mushy up there, right? Yeah. At that altitude and how they can put one foot in front of another, you know, at a, a, a incredibly slow pace because their body just won't go any faster. And just because it's, it's a full metal game. So this book does a really nice job of capturing that and sharing that, that side of the story as well. Great books. I will add them to my list for sure. Fantastic. Those are awesome. Thank you, my friend, for being on. I'm going to wrap up. I would love for you to share how everyone can find you and connect with you guys and learn more about you. Yeah, simplest way is the website, interplaylearning.com. That's I-N-T-E-R, playlearning.com. Outstanding. And don't forget to check out their YouTube. I mean, they, these guys yeah. have some amazing videos on there, really kind of showcase what they got going on. Uh, you know, give them some love. Click on their subscribe to their channel and check yeah. them out. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, well, Doug, I'm excited. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We'll have to check in back with you as things, you know, continue to develop here, and we'll see what happens. And and uh, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Great. Love the conversation. Thanks, Sean.